Hi, everyone. I'm here to tell you about Infamous, a show about American scandals. One story we have going right now is about Sergey Brin, the founder of Google. And it's about what happened when he found out he carried the gene for Parkinson's. It's also about his wife, Anne Wojcicki, the founder of 23andMe, a genetic database company that had something to do with Sergey finding out about this gene. It was a combustible situation, and combust, it did. You've got to listen to Infamous for the full story. But in this clip, you'll be hearing about how Anne started 23andMe in the first place. So Anne and Sergey had a relatively equitable relationship, at least as much as is possible between a billionaire tech guy and his low-profile wife. Anne may have been rebellious and makeupless, but she was also pragmatic. A source says she cut her own kid's hair because she thought it was a waste of money to do it any other way. She and Sergey were a major power couple, and she was becoming an investor. I used to invest in healthcare companies, and, you know, healthcare is a really complicated industry, and it's not necessarily always doing the right thing for the consumer. And I used to always um, complain. Like, the last hedge fund I was at was a fund that we nicknamed Death Watch. And we used to just short everything, because it's really easy to predict failures in biotech, but it's hard to predict successes. And so I was like, kind of just like this really negative, like everything sucks in healthcare, it's all bad, it's all failing, it's like all about like, how do I just take advantage of the consumer? And I remember Larry turning to me one day and he's like, Ann, you're either part of the solution or you're part of the problem. Right now you're part of the problem. Um, I was like, oh, like that's true. Like in some ways it was a good slap of like, you have to, if you, when you see problems, you need to do something to change it. And now Anne had her moonshot idea. It all had to do with the human genome. Tonight, a special edition on the mapping of the human genome. Help me understand the significance of what is about to be announced. Well, I think it's definitely going to be a landmark in scientific history, maybe history in general. It's always, this represents a new era in, in biology. We can start to understand the body uh, at its most important level. Back in the early 2000s, scientists finally figured out how to sequence the human genome, which is basically a detailed map of all human DNA. Now, Anne had majored in biology at Yale. When the news broke, she was a healthcare analyst on Wall Street. To her, this sequencing was a major advancement, one with potentially huge market ramifications. And I remember my mom talking about DNA and getting into the gene and environment interaction. And I was obsessed. It like captivated me in a way that I just I remember thinking it was like, you're born with a code and then potentially like, you can mitigate your risk, like, you can be at risk for something, but then it's not deterministic, and I can influence my actions. So I was always super interested in, like, well, what is it that you can do? At the time, mapping the whole genome was expensive, difficult, available to very few. But Anne imagined that the future of gene sequencing would be accessibility, a world where everyone could map their genome at the click of a button. Tapping into all the Web 2.0 ideas, like, how do you actually crowdsource knowledge on health and research? And if your human genome is suddenly potentially accessible, 
and you see this passion. All these people want to participate in Susan G. Komen walks and fundraises for bone marrow transplants and everyone wants to help each other in health. And I kept thinking, I was like, this is not a project for Stanford or Harvard or NIH even. Like, this is like tap into humanity. Wouldn't that be amazing? If you could just take one test that would tell you everything about your DNA and help predict all your future health issues? It was more of a fascination than anything else. Andrew Ross Sorkin, the famed New York Times business journalist. Again. It was a little bit of like a party trick. I don't think that everybody appreciated what it was in the very beginning. Mapping your personal genome could help you figure out sort of trivial things, like your propensity for having freckles or if you're a slow caffeine metabolizer. But you could also figure out really important stuff, like your likelihood of developing throat cancer or the chances of having pregnancy complications. Now, whether you'd want to know these things or be told them without a doctor guiding you through it is a whole other question. But Anne wasn't worried about that. She decided there was a business here. So in 2006, alongside co-founder Linda Avey, she founded 23andMe. One word a direct report would use to describe you. Unconventional? I don't know. We haven't gotten that answer before. It is an unconventional answer. I like it. One of my direct reports who's always like, I've never seen someone change so many dirty diapers during a meeting. (laughs) (laughs) 23andMe was named after the 23 pairs of chromosomes in a human cell. And in 2007, the company launched their first product. This test that would skim your cell's DNA to give you information about your health and ancestry was available for the low, low price of $999. Today, only a few of us can afford to decode our entire genome, but there are a handful of companies that offer partial genome scans. They focus on the genes that are linked to certain diseases, and they also can track your ancestors. One company that leads a field is 23andMe. Joining me now, the founders, Anne Wojcicki and Linda Avey. What 23andMe is really hoping to do is say, let's, let's get Charlie Rose to sign up, spit, and let's follow you over your life. The way the test worked was with spit. A lot of spit. Picture this. It's fall, 2008, New York Fashion Week. You're at a party in Chelsea and rock music is blasting. Celebrities are milling about... Everyone's in cocktail dresses and suits, sipping martinis. And then you see someone in the middle of it all, spitting into a test tube. This is our ancestry service. Yep, this is a spit party. 23andMe is trying to turn genetic testing into an event. And they weren't only at Fashion Week. They were also at more techie gatherings, like Davos. Yes, that's right. Anne went back to Davos, this time as the founder of 23andMe, not just Sergey's wife. And you can bet that she probably had a badge with a blue stripe. There was a place in a hotel, I want to say it was the Hotel Belvedere maybe, and you would go up at a table and sign up and spit into the thing. Andrew Ross Sorkin did spit into a tube at one of these parties at Davos. I wanted to do it at one point, and there was a huge line. There was a queue, as they would say in Britain, uh, to to spit. <laughs> and so then I actually didn't do it then, and I actually went 
much later in the night one night when there was basically no line. It was like beta. It was a little bit like you were being invited behind some kind of like red carpet. You sort of thought you were on the cusp of something, of doing something really cool. And it was really interesting. And everybody was very happy to spit into these things uh, and get their information. Listen to Infamous wherever you get your podcasts.